What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video game, anime, action figures, comic books, and more. I'm Lauren St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pierce, and we got Richard Wilson, and we don't have Christopher St. Victor! He's out with his family, but he is here in spirit, man. So, so Chris, we know you're with us geeking out. How was your week, though, guys? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you playing? What's going on? Well, I'm still reading Something's Killing the Children. I'm deep into Volume 4 at this point. This content is good, man. Anyone not reading Something's Killing the Children, to quote my buddy Richard Wilson, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Uh, I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Yonatan and his son, who gave me a Ninja Turtle pencil, which I used when I was building the Black Panther Wakanda Forever columns. For a uh, promotional thing, which is pretty cool. I watched the Green Lantern cartoon. Yeah. You know what? I, I really enjoyed it, and it was nice to finally see, no spoiler, a different side of Hal Jordan. So I'm glad I caught that. It wasn't great, but it was uh, something I needed in my life. I checked out the Jurassic World movie, the one that just oh, came out yeah. recently. It exists. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> And that was my week. <laughs> nice week, Jack. Rich, how was your week? My week was full of sun, slight relaxation, and liquor. All right? You were in DR in your hoochie daddy shorts, Rich. Listen, man, I got the thigh meats out, all right? I had the tropical <laughs> shirts on. I was out there just living my life, all right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it started out a little rough the first couple of days. After that, you know, I, I just got to the point where I'm like, I don't care. Put a drink in my hand. Let me get to the pool. And that's all I care about. Make sure everyone else is good around me. And that was it. Um, so I really didn't watch nothing, really didn't do anything. When I got back yesterday, still didn't do anything. I got I was dead tired because we were tra- pretty much traveling all day. Um, started watching this morning or afternoon, Farzar. It's on Netflix. It's it's a weird, it's a weird, weird cartoon. It's like a sci-fi type of joint. Oh, I know um, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's real very, like it's adult very weird. theme, tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's very, very adult theme. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, not for the kids. Kids stay away from it. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was making it, but anyway, it was it's very adult themed, slightly funny. It, it, it's more humor. It's the same humor of like uh, Paradise like PD. Selling- Paradise That's PD. what it reminded me of. It was from the same creators and, you know, pretty much reusing all the same vocals and some of the same characters and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's slightly humorous. It, I get my chuckles in. It's more background noise. Um, yeah, it feels however, like that kind of humor is often just for shock factor. It's like yeah, cartoons yeah, yeah. doing inappropriate things. Ha ha, how yeah. long can you sustain that funniness? Pretty much. Watched uh, Wellington PD. I'm probably mispronouncing this. It's on, not mispronounced, missaying. It's Wellington something or Pellington on HBO Max. It is like a, it's like a cop show. It's like cops. You got a camera crew following uh, two cops around in New Zealand. Um, and they, instead of, you know, cop stuff, they're like, they come across paranormal stuff. Hmm. So they're, so they're out there finding, but it's like a comedy. So it's, you know, it's like a funny type of thing weird sometimes goofy 
And that, that came on for a season, I believe, three right now. So I watched a few episodes of that, and that was pretty much it. I, I'm, I need to catch up on my uh, Westworld. I believe like a, a couple seasons out on that one. I mean, not a couple of episodes on that right now. I need to get caught up on and some other stuff. But yeah, that's about it, man. I'm just relaxing. I've just been relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good freaking week. Me, man, I had I had a good freaking geek week. I finished Miss Marvel, which you yeah. know, it's fun, dude. It's for yeah. the kids. It's fun. And I will have to say, it does matter because as of right now, Miss Marvel is the MCU's first mutant. She at the uh, spoiler alert in the last episode, her friend, who's way too smart than he should ever be for his age in that school system, <laughs> says to her, Yes, the power comes from within you, and your family does possess this kind of power, but there's something different in your genes. There's a mutation. And literally, they play a tune from the X Men uh, animated series from the 90s as he says that. And I don't, man, Jackie's shaking your head, but. I'm with that kind of fan service. She's a mutant, which is good because in the comics, she's an inhuman and the inhumans failed. So they're not double downing on the inhuman part because, you know, the humans TV show failed. So they don't have in inhumans like that in the MCU. So her being a mutant, it kind of works. Um, Umbrella Academy, I finished, which was it was all right. I feel it's similar to the boys where it always ends the same exact way. Like, they're stopping a world-ending event that somehow they also caused, which it ends with them in a place that's unknown to them. <laughs> like, it always kind of does that. Um, but it was fun. Uh, yo, I've been listening to this podcast called Talkville, and it's basically a Smallville podcast with Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling, Clark Kent, and Lex Luthor. And they're literally, each episode, they're watching an episode. So the first episode is them re-watching the pilot talking about it like you know 20 years later second episode is the second episode and it's just really cool to see their perspective looking back and remembering like because they haven't watched the series and probably forever right. and just hearing their perspective on it and hearing like what they're surprised about is a freaking it's freaking fun if you're a smallville fan that's a must watch um and you know i went to a little place called disneyland yeah with the wife and the boy and some friends and dude the st i won't spoil it the Star Wars ride, the whole Star Wars freaking village, they they drop so much money. It's a movie set. And the ride is the most interactive cinematic experience I've ever had in my entire life. Mine was freaking blown. Saw Spider-Man, saw Avengers Tower. The freaking um the Wakandian soldiers taught us how to fight in the streets. Nice. Dude, Disneyland was freaking dope. Um, but that has been my no 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 one more thing one more thing i had a pickup today jack you know about this because i saw you earlier today now this was my collector's corner item last week rich mm. but i had to go and get another one i went <laughs> and got me a superpowers superman by McFarlane. Okay. this is a throwback to the 80s joint now i love the packaging so much i'm like i need one that's gonna stay in the package Cause this is like 1982 all over again, Rick. Right, yeah. Come on. So I got to have that on card. Now that's been my week. But Rich. What's up? I got a question for you. What's the question, <laughs> Lawrence? Which foods do superheroes like best? Which foods do superheroes like best? Superfoods, of course. Jesus. <laughs> it's like... 
get it? Because like superfoods are like no, it's a it. real thing. I get it. And it was wow. It was good. Wow. It was, was it wow? Though? It was wow. Was it good? You just said it was wow. Not wow in a good way. It was wow <laughs> that actually happened. Jeez. Jack looks confused. What? I mean, he's trying to find a way to make it better. Florida. You can't yeah, make was... it better. You just can't. Man, it's like you're actively trying to find bad ones now. No, I think they were all bad, but now the really bad ones, all that's left. Hey, listen, I got a challenge for you. Next uh-huh. week, let's get an honest laugh out of the bunch. If Chris has given up finger guns, let's earn them. Because you know he would have given them to you this week, too. Yes, he would have. Cheap-ass finger gun action. <laughs> I'm going to I, I try to find one. I'll try to find one. I'll try to find one. And you're going to be eating out of the palm of my hands. (laughs) Let's go down the street, make a right at the light, a left at the stop sign. And that brings us to the collector's corner. Here at the collector's corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something off our comic book shelf, something out of our video game case, and we showcase it to the world. It can be worth millions of dollars or just sentimental. What do you guys God. Can I go first, actually? I'd like to go first. Go first. You might. You, you should probably go first, then. I'm going to go first. I'm going to kill this joint. So, we had a 50th anniversary episode of some months ago, and Jack pre-ordered me the dopest freaking action figure, but we had to wait till July for it to come in, and he got me this Batman action figure. I am holding up. It's from Dark Knight's Metal. I'm holding a Batman of Earth 22. He's infected. So this Batman is pretty much Bruce Wayne. And he, I, I can't remember if he killed the Joker or the Joker died in front of him. But when the Joker died, it released a toxin that pretty much drove Bruce Wayne mad and turned him into the Joker. So this is freaking Batman. How sick is this? Now, what's so great about McFarlane is first that the head sculpt is bananas. You guys are going to see this on Instagram, but the detail is crazy. His his costume, you can see the material. It's like a shrink wrapped on him. And that bat emblem is glowing green. And ah, this is such an amazing freaking figure, Jack. He comes with an oversized batarang, which is a kind of amazing. I feel like the Joker should have versions that are kind of a little off. Does and this I thing can't wait. glow in the dark? I, I just took it out of the package. Like I have no idea. But if it did, that would be freaky. I can't wait to stand him up next to the freaking Batman I have. I can't wait to put him side by side with Bizarro. Mm-hmm. It could be like a nightmare version of World's Fine. Oh, that's going on the gram. That's going on the freaking gram. But um, Jack, thank you so much, dude. Yeah, this toy is fantastic. This toy is freaking fantastic. Look at that. Look at that head sculpt. It's disgusting to look at. Yeah, I need mean, oh, to. You can, you can pull it back. I've been Baby. looking for the evil Batmans. That's that's like my my mission for collectors now. Rich, like, this just dropped recently. Batmans. It literally just, just dropped. Okay. Like they finally released it. Um, so check out, uh, uh, if you guys are interested, go to uh, Amazon, Big Bad Toy Store. Um, I think they should still have orders up if it's not sold out already. But that is my pickup. What do you guys got? I'll go next. Um, mine's just simple. Uh, as you all know, I've been doing the Batman Pops, and I'm just about done. I just need to get the Selena Kyle on a motorcycle. But I got the regular Selena Kyle, the first one, because I got the Chase Edition. And now I got the one with her mask on. Oh, that's so sick. nice. So now we got her. It, she will go up. And I think this one I'll take out the box. I'll take the non-chase ones out the box. But of course, 
while I was there and I managed to find this one, what else do I come across? More things to collect. <laughs> so now I have the Peacemaker series, which are now out. And I got Peacemaker with Eagly, and Eagly's there giving him a hug. Oh, that's great. That's and a now I got dope fit. That's a dope pop yeah. right there. Yeah. Now I gotta now I gotta now I gotta do this collection. Now Peacemaker <laughs> has that. to be done. I love that Eagly's in it. Yeah, give him his helmet's dope. It I is. love the, the the red lenses over yeah. the eyes. Oh yeah, it looks pretty pretty fresh. And of course, there's a version of him in his underwear. So of course, you got to get now. I got to get. I got to get it. I got to get it all. That's a must. That's a must. That's where we're nice, at. nice, Jack. Um, I'll start with. I've only got two things I'm gonna show. One's more of an honorable mention that I should have probably said earlier in the cast. Um, I picked up this issue of Black Adam. It's the new Black Adam issue, and he's mm. passing his his powers over to this kid, um, calling oh, wow. him calling him White Adam, and the kid kind of recalibrates him that black and white don't really mean what it used to back when you were a villain called Black. But that's not why I want to show you the comic. <laughs> I want to show you the I want to show you the comic because in the end of it, there's this really great sub comic, and it's basically got Neil Adam in heaven oh with a line around the block of all the superheroes asking for his his signature and it's a it's this really great little that's beautiful yeah it was this really beautiful moment at the back of the comic it's three pages i'm gonna snap off some pictures so we can kind of share it with people i'm not sure if it's in all of dc's comics or or um, even Marvel and stuff. I mean, Neil Adam did a lot of stuff for DC, but he did a lot of stuff for a lot of people, but he's most recognized for some of the stuff he did for uh, Batman and Batman's look and stuff like that. And obviously he made John Stewart the Green Lantern for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just want to share that with you guys. I, when I saw it, it just it really kind of made my day. That's awesome. My show-and-tell, show-and-tell item, though, is The God of War. Oh, yeah. Kratos. Um, I picked this up. So this is more out of like the the original video games. He looks straight off the straight off the screen from like God of War one, two, and three, not the new one that came out. Which the new one that came out was my jams all the way. This one was my little brother Jimmy's thing. I never really. I mean, I played them, but I used to watch. This guy was he killed it. Like, that was his thing. He played God of War 1, 2, and 3 like a maniac. And so when I saw this in the stores, um, I had to pick it up in honor of my brother and all the cool work that he did. It comes with um, both of his daggers. You can change it up. It's got a few different hands you can throw on the guy. It's got a few different heads you can throw on the guy. And, like, he's got these blaster cannons that literally pop on and off his hands. He's very customizable, very cool. And just the detail on him is sick. He's is that uh, McFarlane? Is that a McFarlane? It's it's not McFarlane. It's um NECA. It might be NECA. Yeah, it might be right. NECA because I think they started doing like all the you know off brand, mm-hmm. not necessarily mainstream mainstream characters, but like I think it's the same people who are doing like Jason and Freddy and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that might be NECA then. Yeah, that's what's yeah. up. Um. Yeah, just super cool though. Sick. That's nice. a sick freaking figure, man. Yeah. Rich, stop laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jack, stop <laughs> smiling. 
Don't even make eye contact with this guy. It's time to put your boxing gloves on because it's time for debate. Let's get ready to run. So in honor of Chris, since he's not here, he has said multiple times he has a specific superhero trope that he hates. He hates it when a superhero hates their powers or or rejects it and looks to get rid of them. He hates that trope. And we kind of see it in almost every superhero TV show, movie, comic. There's always a, you know, Spider-Man no more. Everyone has that storyline. Honestly, it was the Green Lantern cartoon. If you haven't watched it, Jon Stewart spends 70% of the cartoon trying to get rid of the ring. So Chris would hate that. But he, he wants to know what are the worst superhero movie tropes what do we think are the worst who's got the worst trope uh, the worst one's this and it's it's a script problem it's not just superheroes but it's really frustrating when it's superheroes it's when they have to you see it a mile away they face the big bad they have to lose then they spend half the movie getting stronger and then they go face the big bad again or Another version of that is when they weaken the hero before the first interaction and they're just dead. Like, you know who did that? It's like um, the Batman, the last Bat- Christopher Nolan Batman movie is a great example of that. They weakened Batman before the Bane fight, so you knew he was going to lose. He lost the fight and then came back ready to fight, although he didn't even have that. You know, Catwoman rides up on a bike, spoiler alert, just hits him with a, a rocket launcher from the Batmobile bike. But here's another version of that. Batman's climbing out of the cave. And you're like, uh, you know he's going to fail like three times until he takes the rope off and then he finally makes the climb. Those kind of, the hero has to fail over and over or fail before they can succeed. is such a superhero movie trope that it's, uh, it's just, it's just so frustrating for me. You know, like, even funny. if you look at Avengers, right? Endgame is just, Endgame and Infinity War is just a longer version of that. It's like, but it was yeah, good. Gotta, now that worked. It worked. It worked in them. I give you that. <laughs> it worked in that one. <laughs> but it is, a, it, is a, it is an example of they did it again. You know, Wonder Woman. I, is you just go through the list. I I don't mind the trope as long as it's like like if it's done well. Like in the the Nightfall comics with Batman, when Bane broke his back. He, he got all the criminals released from Arkham. So yep. over issues, you see Batman just just tired and weathered and beaten because he has to apprehend all these villains. Then Bane shows up. So it's like that was like a strategic move to break you down. Where in the Dark Knight movie, he was just older <laughs> and out of and it. It wasn't like, and like right. He had the comics left. was dope because he, he wasn't like Rocky where he still had something in the tank he had to get out. Right. Where in the comics, Bane purposely broke him down psychologically and physically. So for me, if the trope is done right, I can rock with it. But you're right. There's so many examples where it's not, especially in movies. Um, I think I got you beat, though. I think I got you beat. Uh, let me, let hear. me see. My, this is kind of new. But I hate the idea that superhero movies have to be comedies, regardless mm. of the subject matter, <sighs> regardless of, 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 of the depth. We have to get a joke in. We literally just saw, I think, what I think is a pretty good Thor movie where one of the main characters is dying of cancer. Well, hang on. I, I think you have to, plan. you have to take, you have to take Disney Marvel off that shelf. It, the Batman, where the, how many cheap jokes were in that one? Well, there I, didn't still say I didn't say it's in everything, but right now Disney is paving the way for what yeah. they have redefined what superhero movies are. And in that, 
if you're not Batman, you're kind of weird for taking yourself too seriously. See, I yeah, but I, to me, I don't know that it's a trope as much as that's just people don't have faith that good storytelling values can hold an audience. Well, that's a trope. The idea yeah. that a superhero movie has to make you laugh and yeah, we're gonna machine joke. gun jokes. Yeah. And even that's with the joke. even when you get like the where well, they try to just throw a bad joke out there. It's like, do we need that joke? I don't think yeah. we do. at all. But then I'll so say cheap. the reverse trope happened as well. When Nolan's movies hit, now everything has to be dark and gritty. Doesn't matter what the superhero movie is, doesn't matter if this character should be light and have levity, everything's gotta be dark and gritty. So and that the was tropes, the problem with some of the Superman. Like, so Superman say, doesn't need to be jokes, but it also doesn't need to be Batman. Right. So, I say I hate tropes that are trendy, that affects content that it shouldn't affect. When trends, because something was successful, now it all has to follow that formula. Even if Spider-Man... I'm talking about you, Andrew Garfield, The Amazing Spider-Man Part 1. You should not be a dark and gritty drama. The world can be dangerous, but you're still freaking Spider-Man. Right, and that's not necessarily directed towards Andrew. That would be no, the take on the production. Yeah, wanted to, you know, the Nolan, the Nolan verse. <laughs> yeah. Now we're in the Disney verse, but that's my uh, my trope. Which okay. isn't to say you can't have kind of both in one one world either. If it works, Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool, like when it works, it works. But when Jane Foster's dying of cancer. Uh, we're not gonna sit in that for a little bit. Nah, but you know that the Thor movie is a bad example to talk about in general. That that movie was almost tone death to itself. That's why you know? it's the perfect example. Yeah, okay. For me, it was so extreme. Yeah, but so was the last Thor. Ragnarok was even worse. I'm sorry, but Ragnarok took all these stakes and just threw them all away. His his father's dead. His brother's dead his world is exploded his whole civilization is dead and then and then there's the hulk moment where hulk literally banner saying if i turn on the hulk one more time i think i'm never coming back and then they sell that short for another cheap ass joke i love during debates when i'm so right jack starts arguing on my behalf <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey listen kick the horn well said, watch what happens well said jack <laughs> rich I mean, where do we start? Um, one of the things that I've always had a problem with is just the destructions of like cities. Oh, God. really? The destructions yes. of cities. You get you get mass destructions of cities, and for the most part, I mean, except for like recently, but for the most part, no one cares. Yes. Like a whole city block, multiple city blocks will be messed up, destroyed, planets even. Yep. Actually, we'll just keep we'll just keep the city blocks. Right, whole city blocks would get messed up, whether it be in a fight, an army invasion, whatever the case may be. And for the most part, except for maybe like what Endgame, um, what was the last with the with Batman, Batman, right? Yeah. No, Justice League. When when they actually focused on it, and they were like, oh well, you know, you 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 devastated, you know, Metropolis. You know, you're it's devastated in New York City. Yeah, it's like, it's because get... the, there was such an outcry by the fans who watched that Man of Steel movie and literally watched Superman and Zod obliterate buildings 
in a New York City equivalent setting, and we're like, we went through September 11th, man. How, 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 what are you doing? And we're watching the superhero, we're watching the superhero of superheroes not remove the fight from civilian population while buildings are toppling. It's like they had to address it in the next film. It's also why the movie right after that, Marvel made such a big point with the uh, Age of Ultron that we got to save all the civilians if we can. Because Superman was so tone deaf as to what they actually put on the screen. A hundred percent agree fight. with you, Rich. Oh, Rich, so I hundred percent disagree with you because all your anime does this. Most of the anime but, you love, but, My Hero Academia, <laughs> they do, like, people just. He's he's not saying that he's saying he's got a problem when it does it when it's not addressed. So like right. you watch Invincible. Invincible is actively trying to stop this thing. It's so addressed that it's a problem. Right. Yes. It has to mean something, is what he's saying. And then now, if you take like um, like we'll take a Dragon Ball Z for instance, like Goku will go out of his way to teleport himself to some like abandoned part of the planet or some de you know desolate place on the planet or whatever, so he doesn't affect the city, he doesn't affect the people. Exactly. And that's what so, that's what kind of, and you think about a lot of the anime. That's that's pretty much what they do. Like you see them, like you'll have the, the city fights and everything, but then you know they'll get knocked out to some other part where there's no buildings, no people, and no fighting. And then you have a whole another fight there. Right. So they let me blow ask up you some about this. Sides instead of building yeah. sides. Yeah. Is 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 it a trope, or more times than not, it's done right? And there's a couple times where it's done horribly wrong. Like is this a when trope? that element is done wrong? It's unbearable. Yeah. Right, but it's it's done right more than it's done wrong, right? I don't know about nah. that. I like, feel like is, it's Man been... of Steel's the worst offender. But, outside but of that. up until that movie, it up until that movie, and even in the the uh, Batman v Superman, like the the level of just decimation that Batman brings to the literally to the city while he's fighting uh, criminals with his car is ridiculous. It's absurd. Yeah, but that's because it's Batman. We wouldn't feel that way if it was the Punisher. Like he wasn't destroying, like destroying city blocks. But the Punisher is an anti-hero. Batman's a hero, right. hero. So right. the the trope is you hate when cities are destroyed and no one cares, or you hate when specific heroes destroy. Like this, we're getting two different All right, things boom. now. So yes, I hate when superheroes, people who are supposed to be out there saving people. You know, heroes that's supposed to be out there saving people are out there just destroying city blocks or so allowing city blocks. So you hate the Power Rangers because they never took that fight out of Angel. Out of oh, Angel they Grove. never did. <laughs> oh no, they never did. Yeah, you talking but, about what? I think they addressed driving? that. They they addressed that because what? Then then they have um designated um evacuation points and like shelters because wasn't wasn't the community no. center one of them? Yeah, that little that little martial art little juice shop. No, Listen, Rich, it was that one show, of them. That show did not address the fact that buildings toppled. They won that fight after buildings toppled, and they're back in that juice bar giving high fives. And, uh, and, uh, and no, even even with, even with Power Rangers, there'll be times where they where they expand and be like, oh wait, now they're all of a sudden in like you know some beach desert or whatever. Yeah, and I felt like every fight should have been brought to the desert. Like <laughs> like you're destroying this city, and no Listen, one cares. They yep, had designated bunkers and and evacuation sites. All right, they they addressed it. Okay, you may not know it, but that that teen center, that diner, whatever it was, was reinforced. Okay, was it? Yeah, it was reinforced. <laughs> was it? Like it's was not it? a problem. We see it happen on the boys because we know they're bad superheroes. But Power Rangers, yo, come on, like it was nothing. Like it's nothing. <laughs> um, 
Well, we don't need to labor this. I don't know if there's. I don't know if any of us are right or wrong. I would say these yeah, this are ain't, all this ain't a debate. Tropes. It's just like a shit kicking contest. <laughs> kicking the content. <laughs> kick it the hardest, man. Um, but these are all true, and I feel like everything works until you're not thinking about how the world responds to it. Cities can be destroyed as long as there's a real reaction to it. And you can have humor in your content as long as it'll overshadow the drama. And you can freaking have your hero have to overcome odds as long as we don't see the whole freaking formula. Of course, he has to go through this and has to go through that. You know I mean, what the best content? It ticks all the boxes. It's I go back to Invincible. Invincible is probably some of the absolute best superhero content out there it's dropped in it's got humor and levity there's real world consequences to the destruction and the hero is constantly in a place where he's failing and learning to succeed it does it all right like it does it all it's not a trope because they they earned the things that they earned all those moments watch invincible everybody it's really really good oh yeah um rich man what's up what anime are you watching? And how rich is it? Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. As of right now, I have not been watching anime. I've been slacking on the anime. But on Netflix, they got this weird joint called Uncle from Another World. And it's oh, a yeah. weekly. I'm going to start looking at that. And I'll let y'all know how rich that is. <laughs> All right? And also, also, uh, uh, Vineland, Vineland Saga. I never started watching that. We got 24 episodes. I'm going to burn through that just for y'all. All right. We'll touch base next week, and you'll yes, tell us yes. how rich it is. Yes. Yes. I sir. apologize to the fans. I know I, I've been complaining so much about it. You complain I, so much that when, there's no anime. I, listen, when I went on my vacation, I went on my vacation. I didn't care yeah. about nothing. He didn't. He was in his hoochie daddy shorts, drinking hand at all times. <laughs> At all times. Man. Okay, well, this is kind of a double feature. Usually the news goes before this, but we're going to hit the news now because we had San Diego Comic-Con. I think it's time for the news. It's time for the news. So, first up, let's go down some comic books that are dropping, man. DC's dropping Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now... I'm not sure. I think they might have already released the first two issues, but they're dropping this bad boy. It's going to be a seven issue limited series. And what's really cool about this, if you're a DC head, you know that after every crisis, infinite crisis, final crisis, crisis of Earths, infinite Earths, that the world is is always different. This is kind of the way they reboot their world. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens after this crisis. So that looks pretty freaking dope. So um, crisis. All, I mean, but that's that's the beauty of DC is like every every five years, they figure out a way to softly reboot it mm-hmm. so they're not bogged down by continuity. Okay. Um, Paul Dano, who played the Riddler in The Batman, is writing The Riddler Year One, a six-issue bi-monthly DC Black Label series, okay. um, which is pretty cool. So basically, you know, I think you said this a while ago, Jack, we talked about this, where actors have journals usually when they're when they're working on their character so all sure. he had to do is just Actor transcribe autobiography <laughs> he hmm. just had to transcribe it and i'm very interested to see what that is um and we're well, getting at least a... some of the the art for it we saw the cover of it it looks cover sick it's um it's illustrated by steven asubic if you're familiar with uh, his work it drops in october feels perfect for halloween and yeah it kind of has that like you know 
you know, there's, there's a Joker series, there's a Batman um, type of Noel series where it looks super realistic, but it's like painted. Mm -hmm. um, so it looks really dope. It looks really dope. Uh, we're getting a Blue Beetle graduation day comic book, which will follow Jamie Reyes and in uh, its collisions of heroes in his future uh, with the future, excuse me. So that's pretty cool. I always find like I love it when we get characters who've been around for a while, but they kind of give us a number one issue so we can kind of have a jumping in point. And they feel mm -hmm. like this is a great jumping in point if you're a Blue Beetle fan. And um, that's pretty much it for the comic books. Now let's get into some um, animated movies, man. DC is dropping several animated movies. Comic Cons, they, I mean, they, 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 they came with it. We're getting, I don't know what this means at all. R W B Y Justice League. I have no mm. idea what that means. Yeah, that's the new comic oh. came out this last year. Okay, so they're they're adapting that as a film. Yeah, 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 yeah. R W B Y is was a comic line that came out. Well, okay, I'm. I'm watching it. I'm a DC guy. We're getting Batman, the Doom that came to Gotham animated movie, which looks, I mean, the artwork looks freaking dope. We're getting a Legion of Superheroes movie. That can be freaking dope. We're going to see Superman maybe go to the future where he sees where he's honored by these other heroes. Um, and we're getting a Justice League War World movie. Ooh. So that's like Mog Mo Mongol and all those guys. So that could be pretty dope. Um, so that's pretty much it when it comes to DC. DC, with the exception of some trailers we're going to talk about, had a, a kind of a soft outing at Comic-Con. And a I nice have way of saying it. Well, I mean, okay, let's keep it real here. Let's just keep it really real here. The Flash They're in is an one, awkward situation. Very awkward situation. Because to, to for Comic-Con to come, I don't care if Flash is five years out, six years out. It doesn't matter. For Comic-Con to be here and you have nothing about mm. this movie that's coming out. Because your star is a train wreck. And not just that. Aquaman 2 is set to come out. But Amber Heard also is a bad look publicity-wise. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you just kind of skip the con with these. They and... just put it all on the rock, and they're hoping that that rock is a strong enough Dude. foundation to hold the house up for a while. And the rock showed up in a Black Adam costume and Hall H and descended from the ceiling. Listen, the rock is like, I'll carry DC on my I'm back surprised by myself. They I'm no surprised problem. they didn't do a theatrical version right there on the stage of half the movies just to keep the audience uh, entertained. Dude, it's, it's, mm. it's DC... And, and and also, it affects Batgirl because you would have thought we had some Batgirl news, but you got to figure out the Michael Keaton situation because which movie is Batman supposed to appear in first with Michael Keaton? Ugh. Train wreck actors are messing up a lot of people's livelihoods and money, not to mention the people they're also hurting. Yeah, and but, when uh, you consider that Marvel as a counterpoint showed you Black Panther, Multiverse Saga, the new Avengers Secret War, another Avengers Kang, Fantastic Four, Thunderbolts, Daredevils coming back, another Jack, Captain Like you America. are you you you're um what is they called in journalism? You're bearing the lead, Jack. This is part of the news. You're bearing right, well, What the I'm whole saying lead. is the the antithesis of DC showing us nothing and then Marvel literally having 12 plus things to show you. Yeah, which is all right, because, you know, I think last year at Comic-Con, Marvel didn't have much. The only issue is with DC, we know you got a full slate. We know you got yeah. stuff, but you but you can't show it because your Flash is out here punching people in the face and choking them out and holding children hostage. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. We're not, we're not going to get sued here at Three Brothers Shot of Milk. But um, since we're here, let's move on to the marvel of things. Before we got to Comic-Con, we learned that Deadpool 1, 2, and Logan will be appearing 
on Disney Plus. By this point, it's already on there by the time you hear this, which is huge. For me, that's Disney going, we couldn't just give you a bloody violent moon night. We got to like segue into that on Disney Plus. And by the fact that they're bringing these movies on there, keeping them rated R as they are in a few years when we're finally going to get those other things, it might lean into what we want it to be more than it would now. Um, that's my hopes. Well, it's more like Disney can either put the content on their platform because they own it or they try to bury it. And why would they do that? Oh, exactly. Don't do that. Don't, don't, do, do, that. That. don't and, do that. And, and, and get our palette right. Get used to hearing Deadpool drop F-bombs on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> that is not what Disney's going to do. And it's, they're not going to do it with their original content. I'll tell you that. And if they, no. they are going to do it with their original content, that's probably not. <laughs> well, eventually they're going to have to because we're going to get a Deadpool 3 which is going to be a Disney production and it's going to have it's going to have to be what yeah it we'll is see what, we'll see what happens well that's yeah. why you know, they got the yeah. parental lock on it like if you don't you don't want your kids hearing the curse words put yeah. the parental lock so they don't put it no have it there to their to their uh you know to access yeah and and a Deadpool 3 is not going to work now but 5 years from now of like letting people get used so that there's our, there's mature content here. Hopefully in like five years, we're ready. Uh, before we get to Marvel all the way, let's jump back into DC. DC has no plans for future Snyder verse material. They went on the record. Jim Lee, COO of DC Comics, says, no, that was him finishing his vision. That's it. We're done. So Shazam and all these movies we're watching, they're sequels of the theatrical release of Justice League, not the HBO Max eight-hour epic. Um, what difference does it make? Is my that. the difference is they're saying Zack Snyder no longer works here, guys. Well, we know um, that. <laughs> so the next Justice League movie, if there's going to be one, it's not going to be attached to this director leading the way. But what about um, the what about the other characters? Like Superman ever coming back? Well, that was a big thing. Everybody was hoping to get some sort of Superman news during Comic-Con, and nothing came. Um, and I was really hoping, because everyone knows a Discovery bought Warner Brothers, and they already shut down the Wonder Twins movie. Discovery is like, no, we need to streamline our content and focus on what we know works. So I was like, we're going to get some type of Superman news. But we didn't. We did not. Um, the Rock had wonderful things to say about Henry Cavill when he was interviewed at Comic-Con. They were like, how do you feel about Black Adam and Superman going toe-to-toe? -to -toe? And he says, Henry's the Superman of our generation. He's doing it better. He's amazing. And that's all I can say. He wants it. <laughs> He's like, give it to me. Um, so, uh, so like back on the Marvel train, we're getting a lot of dope Marvel animated content, man. We're getting X-Men 97, which we know. And apparently in X-Men 97, Magneto will lead the X-Men in the animated series reboot. Mm -hmm. I don't remember this, but apparently that's how it ended in 1997. Magneto kind of took over as leader as Professor X left Earth. So it's pretty cool that that's cool. going. We got an image of Magneto right here, which looks pretty cool. He's like freaking rock star, uh, hair blowing in the wind. Uh, we're getting Spider-Man freshman year that's going to come out in 2024. Uh, and it's pretty much Peter Parker in his freshman year in high school, I guess, in his first year of Spider-Man. This oh, is not going to be Tom Holland Spider-Man. It's not going to be a prequel to those films because I think they already show like Dr. Uh, Doc Ock is one of his villains. Like villains he wouldn't have had in the MCU he may have here, which is cool. Yeah. Why lock yourself in to existing continuity if you don't have to? Uh, 
We're getting a What If Season 2. Oh. Okay. We're getting a Marvel Zombies series. Yeah. Oh. All right. Dude, and you guys, I'm sure, saw the trailer. We can talk about it real quick. We're getting an I Am Groot, like, five short animated films of I Am Groot. Yeah. Um, which I think is amazing. I think it's amazing, Rich, because this is Disney, right? This yeah. is Pixar. Mm. Why not do what works in their other content with Marvel, especially with a character like Groot. Like, why not give him the freaking Toy Story Buzz Lightyear treatment? Make that freaking money, man. And, you know, you could do whatever with him because all he's saying is, I am Groot. Yeah, and he's freaking cute. Do it for the kids. Jack, every now and then you got to do it for the kids. So rub that Pixar Disney magic on a character like I am Groot. It's cute, man. It looks cute. It looks cute. cute. I don't know what else to say about I am Groot. You got to get a baby Groot. It's not you're the gonna baby, you're gonna get baby. You're gonna get you're gonna get a baby Groot and baby Yoda team up. I guarantee you. You're gonna get wow, <laughs> somewhere down the that? line. It's gonna be cuteness. You're gonna get puss in boots. It's gonna be just the cute squad running around here, breaking our hearts. Are they all part of the same universe? I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, it's the multiverse. They're part of the, the Disney verse now. It's part of the Disney verse. Okay. Um, I mean, listen, I'm wearing the mouse. Where the freaking mouse, man? Later. Now let's stop beating around the well. Let's beat around the bush for a little yeah, bit. Let's beat that. No, bush let's up. no, let's not beat around the bush anymore. <laughs> finally, that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> Kevin Faye finally answered Jack's question. Jack's had a burning freaking question for months since after Spider Man No Way Home. What the hell? Maybe after Eternals. What the hell is this phase? Where are we uh, going? And what is the phase? So he gave us the MCU phases four through six, which is like that's the next 30 years yeah, is going to be the multiverse saga. She-Hulk, which comes out August 17th, 2022, is phase four. I believe that's the last show of phase four, and then we go into Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania in February, and that's what starts phase five. So here's the list of the movies of five and six. Here we go. Ant-Man, Quantumania, Agatha, now some of these are also to the uh, Disney Plus series. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, we're getting the Marvels, then we're going to Blade, then we're getting Captain America, New World Order, Anthony Mackie as Captain America, then we're getting the, the Disney Plus series, Daredevil, Born Again, guys, we're getting, it's official, yeah. Charlie Cox is back as Daredevil, and we're getting well, a Daredevil, seen the, Born Again series. We've seen the outfit in one of the trailers. We And we're going to talk about that She-Hulk trailer, we're going to talk about that outfit, we're going to talk about what it could mean, we're going to talk about why did they change it. Um... But we're getting that Daredevil Born Again, which is blew my mind. Then we're getting Echo. Then we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy. Then we're getting Ironheart. Then we're getting Loki. We're getting Secret Invasion. We're getting Thunderbolts. And they announced the last three films of Phase 6 will be the Fantastic Four, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and then Avengers Secret Wars. They pretty much laid out the next 15 years of content. And this is all the multiverse saga. 
I don't thinking? care. To be honest. <laughs> and you know why I don't care about the multi I don't care about them calling it the multiverse saga. Because ladies and gentlemen, burned. the multiverse Pandora's box has already been opened. It was opened in Loki, it was open in Spider-Man, it was open in Doctor Strange, and now you're telling me you want to call the whole next 15 years the multiverse saga? Please. Please. Mm. You missed that train. I'm sorry. As slow as that train was moving, and you missed it. I think they beg to differ. Yeah, let's find out. <laughs> and we'll let's find out who's no. holding their breath at the end of 15 well, years from now. You know what's interesting? There is no Spider-Man movie in the next 15 years. That's, well, Sony. But he's still part of the yeah. MCU's he'll, phases. I guess, he'll, I guess he'll be in the Avenger movies. When we get is Nick Fury back, maybe we'll get him back. Is he still on the, is Tom Holland still on the contract? Or are they going to recast him? No. I think he said he was done. Well, I think he's technically done. He did his three pictures or then right. some, but he may not be done. Like, I don't want to play him anymore, but well, I they feel ended like it. There's... They queued it up really well with the last movie, though. I mean, they yeah, ended it Sam, at the beginning. But Spider-Man, I know where he got, you know, Disney's done a wonderful job of making Iron Man and all these heroes, like, such staples. But Spider-Man is their flagship guy. And it's like, how can you have a whole multiverse and Marvel and MCU and TV series and Spider-Man's nowhere? Mm-hmm. Feels like Superman. Him and Superman got some like are not being used the way they need to be used in these well, worlds. Spider Man. The reason why Spider Man's not is it's a tumultuous Business. love affair with Sony. Yeah, you know they just don't have them. Well, and and if they don't get them, Sony's gonna do it, and I'm not mad at that. Right. We saw uh, we posted a wonderful. Uh, there's a little short film that was made with deep fakes, which was on Andrew Garfield's Spider Man's way back home after the end of No Way Home. Instead of going to his universe, he goes to the universe where there's a Spider-Gwen, where she watches her Peter die in her arms, and he shows up there. And I'm like, if you were to do an amazing Spider-Man 3, that's your movie. He ends up on this world. You get Emma Stone back, you get them back, and it's this love. Of, it's this, it's this and, love. And honestly, it would work. He got sent back to the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. Multiverse. And of course, he has to leave at the multiverse. end. He has to leave at the end. He has to leave his Gwen, and she has to... yeah. And they get Who's to act again? their life away. They get to, and they get to act their freaking balls off, Rich. Oh, <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> and that was three brothers um, and a shot of milk. There it is. Uh, we didn't off. get a trailer for this, but they showed the trailer at Comic-Con, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. We got a trailer for it, and it looks like it's going to be pretty deep, man. Uh, Chris Pratt talked about how you deal with Peter Quill and the fact that he lost Gamora. And the Gamora that he has in front of him has no recollect that didn't live the life that he lived with her. So it's like a reminder of what you don't have. And we're also getting Rocket's origins. There's going to be a focus on that in Guardians Three. Oh, so I think I mean this is the last one. This is the last one James Gunn is James Gunn's doing. It's the last one they're all doing. So this is going to go out with a freaking bang. Um, and I'm pretty excited for it. That's going to be May fifth, twenty twenty three. This is a lot of really cool things that came out during Comic Con. Before we jump to the trailers. I want to talk about uh, the Walking Dead movie that was going to come out. Now it's going to be a, t- a limited series. It's going to bring back Rick Grimes and Michonne. So those characters are coming back for this limited series. So but the fan favorites who left the series are going to come back in their own series. And I fell off with the Walking Dead, but I'll be back for that for sure. Um, real quick, a lot of awesome toy stuff, man. If you're a Hasbro head, go check out their page. They got some really dope Marvel Legend figures that came out. 
You're talking about old school beasts and old school uh, like Spider-Man animated series figures, but of course, updated with articulation. Those are freaking fire. Also got some wrestling figures that are dope. Uh, you go over to Mattel, man. You see those He-Man figures. I should have had Jason pick me up the 40th anniversary He-Man Skeletor figure. <sighs> Richard has die-cast swords. Oh, wow. The swords are die-cast. Man, trying to take these kids' eyes out. <laughs> Man, and of course, NECA had their booth. They have their monsters and stuff, and Super 7 has the Ninja Turtles. So, so man, there's a lot of really cool stuff. But um, let's go to the trailer park. Time for some trailer park trash. Damn. <laughs> okay, so here we are at the trailer park, man, and we have some really cool trailers that dropped. The Black Adam. Dude, this trailer was freaking dope for me. This should have been the first trailer. Yeah, this yeah, was without a doubt. This was like the Rock is like, I am a superhero. Just film me live my life. This is what I do. <laughs> we got Doctor Fate in there, and they're really they. You know, I think the first trailer leaned into like he's this hero we didn't ask for, but this mm. trailer leaned into like I'm not a hero. Mm. Like I'm not. Yeah. So because another trope. And the debate I would have brought up is this idea of turning hero, villains into anti-heroes. It's like, no, let a bad guy be a bad guy. And here... Yeah, but he's still... He's going to be the hero by the end of it. That's the whole... As a matter of fact, that's great that you brought that up. Because that is the trope <laughs> played out in this film. It, we see it with Venom. We saw it with Morbius. And sure, okay, cool, it works. And some of these heroes... Some of these villains actually have become heroes in the comics over the years, and they've been replaced with bigger bad villains, so the villains can be the heroes against the bigger bad villains, and that's what they're doing here. Black Adam was a villain in the comic books that's been ambiguously swayed over time, and now he's an anti-hero, and now they're just giving him a villain, a bigger bad villain, to fight in it. But he's but, also beating up the Justice Society. Well... Let's see how it plays out at the end. I would be, I'll, you know, how surprised I'm gonna be if Black Adam ends up being a villain by the end of this movie. <laughs> well, I, I will think standing ovation. Standing ovation. Be, I don't think he'll be a villain. He'll just have his cause and doesn't really care what he has to do to accomplish it, which is a well, villain. Let, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. If if this Black Adam ends up being someone who is an active villain against Shazam and Superman, where it makes sense for that, not like Civil War, where your fight heroes are fighting heroes, or anti heroes are fighting anti heroes, or anti heroes are fighting heroes, villain fighting heroes, and they're well, making mean, Rock Shazam uh, Black Adam. The villain, I know, but I think I think it, honestly it'd be unheard of, Lawrence. There is no movie that I can think of where the protagonist this. is actually a villain. I can't think of it. Well, what's interesting here, and I really, I mean, Jack, you're probably right. They're going to follow the formula. What I'm hoping though is you cast the Rock in this because at the end of the day, Black Adam was worthy at one point. Like he right. was supposed to be the hero, and then he had his own moment of nah, son. So in all retrospects, he should feel like you should be the hero. You were the first one chosen. So when I look at you, I should feel safe, but there's something off about you. And yes, if, if, if we have a Shazam movie in the theaters and a franchise going, eventually these guys have to fight. It can't be a buddy cop movie where you have one that's like, it probably, oh, it's going to turn into a buddy cop movie with like one like kind of like real like gritty and rough hero and the other one's squeaky clean. They got to figure out how to work together. Ah, damn, Jack. Well, well, I hope not. Listen, I hope not. 
We'll see. But the trailer was dope. We got a Shazam trailer, which I'm digging it, man. It's for the kids. This is it's okay. It's for the kids, right? I, I mean, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. Yeah, Some but, of this stuff has to be for children. This is superheroes, right? I guess. <laughs> like, like we, like you gotta, like ten year olds should be able to enjoy this content. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you put it that way, yeah, I'll take my, I'll take my mind out of it. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, ten, yeah. yes, yes, for the, for the kids. It's, it's wish for kids. fulfillment. It's about kids getting to be heroes. Like, yeah, this whole thing that's, is what we wish we could have when we were kids. That's well, true. Isn't that what happened in the Thor movie? I would they say they bit, the they, they bit it off of Shazam. He Shazammed them. He Shazammed them with lightning. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um. My only issue with this trailer is Shazam name drops every hero, right. except so the one they? who'd be oh. no, the one who would inspire him. He says, "There's there's already a guy in a red costume with a lightning symbol on his chest. Brilliant. Batman's cool. Brilliant. Aquaman's mm-hmm. buff. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what about and the problem Big with Blue? that? Is in the first Shazam movie they do mention Superman. Yeah, Superman sits down and has lunch with him. Yeah, right at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so what's going on? And we didn't even have to see Cavill." You can just mention them. How 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 do well, I live? We know up? we're not seeing. We know we're not seeing Flash. <laughs> I mean, come on. We saw everything but his face, and he didn't even say Flash. He just described his costume. Word. He didn't even, yo, you didn't even see Flash. All you saw was his arm go up. Oh, no, it blocked his face out, and that had to happen. But he could have said, "How do I live up to my idol, Soups?" He could have said, yeah. and we don't have to see it. Just hear him say it. Just hear him say. It. If you can go out of your way to talk about Justice League, but um, it looks fun. It looks like like you just go in knowing this is a kid's film. Um, it looks cool. Dude, She-Hulk, I wasn't really with the first trailer, but this second trailer, is f- I like it. It's fun. It looks like it's going to be a fun, funny film. Yes. Yeah, it's-, it's, it's Marvel Disney doing Marvel Disney. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think the comic books of She-Hulk it does have levity. It isn't this dark and gritty thing. So... You know, and she breaks the fourth wall in the comic books too. So that'd be cool. She breaks the fourth wall in the movie too. I think she does. I never looked at the uh, She-Hulk comics. Um, We have. And by the end of that, we see a costume. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, because okay, this is called She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Right. So there's another lawyer who's a superhero in this universe, and it's Daredevil, and we see some dude flip. Into the shot, we see parts of his costumes. It's just about the same exact costume as a Netflix series, except but, but black and yellow. Yeah, was it yellow? Yes, I missed the yellow, so that makes sense. So he's he's in his original costume, which, for the record, Daredevil really only wore that costume for six comic books. The original six comic books, he wore that costume. Daredevil lost it in comic book seven. And to me, the fact that the MCU is showcasing Daredevil in his original comic book costumes, them going, this it's is a, a different, different universe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that one. And we're going to bring back the guy you love, and it's going to have elements of what you love, but it's not that. So, so you're going to have the uh, Hawaiian shirt, D'Onofrio? This yeah, is the so Daredevil that fights the Hawaiian shirt, D'Onofrio. John Wick! <laughs> John Wick Four trailer dropped. This if it, I don't know what how much more punishment can this guy take? <laughs> He's on his last leg. Like I'm I mean, like, Donnie John Yen Wick is, in it is now? turning into Fast and the Furious. It's turning into Mission Impossible. It's turning into 
we're we are just in comic book comic book world now but the violence is so good i'm cool it's with great. it and them fight scenes be 20 minutes long the whole movie yeah, is just fight scene. in that oh I, I love it it's like they watch the raid and say let's blow this thing up and yeah. stand across city blocks oh yeah just non-stop um dungeons and dragons trailer dropped i'm not a big Dungeons and dragons guy i don't know much about Listen. it but it looks fun did you like it Rich? Uh, yeah i like the i like dungeons dragon trailer um little known fact actually unknown fact i was a little bit of a dungeons and dragons guy back in the day well you were nerd i, I was a i was a low-key nerd back in the day right? i would used to sit there and i would it was just me playing by myself because i it was like under wraps no one could know about this I had the I had the board set and everything, making my own. I was my own dungeon master and just going through the, my own little missions. Listen, man, you gotta did have the, an imagination for that stuff. Did did the trailer like bring about those kind of feelings, or did it feel like something completely different, or just any uh, other fantasy story? I mean, it looks like a a, a good little fa- fantasy story. They got they got some elements of of the Dungeon Dragon universe in there, which um I'm 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 willing to see. Well, I'm willing. You know, you don't have too much Dungeons and Dragons stuff out there. Right. You need that Locked fantasy, that, that that medieval, you know, sorcery, druid uh, type elements and whatnot. I, I like stuff like that. You know, magical weapons. You know, all that stuff. I'm I'm down for all that. Yeah. And you got Chris Pine and and actors in it who are not playing up the medievalness of it. They're they're acting like it's. Modern. The way they talk and they're yeah, it's very modern, yeah. but they're they're placed there, which which works, which works. Um, reminds me of Legend of Vox Machina, but I guess that is of kind of yeah. a parody of Dungeons and Dragons. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it feels um, less like the content is more family friendly than Vox, though. Vox, oh, they, is yeah, they're trying. Mean, this feels like the this Disney the version case, of man. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, you talked about I Am Groot. Last up, oh no, not last up, Sandman. What? Yeah, can't wait for this. I don't even know much about the comic, but that trailer, the visually like blew my skirt over my head. You know what I'm saying? Is this um? Oh, I'm, I don't know much about the comic either, but I was listening to the book and I mm-hmm. ran yeah. through the whole first book, and man, a lot well, of stuff going down. Pretty, pretty dope stuff. Pretty dope content. So, did the trailer? match what was in your head when you were listening to the book did it look how you imagined it would look uh yeah because there was well i mean there was, no, there was an element where he was um captive i would say he was captive and whatnot and yeah uh, yeah i'm you know i'm not gonna speak yes it 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 it, it, it lived up to to what uh to what i saw in the book uh to what at least what i what i imagined when i listened to it in and the, the main the main guy his name is dream right that's that's the protagonist yes honestly Yo, this dude is right out the comic. The actor they found looks exactly yeah. like like on some Christopher Reeve out of the page tip. Like, where'd you find this guy? He looks exactly how it was drawn. Um, looks dope, man. Last but not least, final trailer, final news item: Wakanda Forever. Yo, it looks like a drama. Chills. All I gotta say when I saw that, I was like, Yo, that's you feel. And, 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 you feel the grief, yeah, yeah. And oh, they yeah. let us know, like we wasn't, we weren't really sure how they were going to handle the T'Challa thing, and they showed us he he's he he passed away. Something we don't know what happened, but we know he ain't there. And there, the whole thing felt like mourning, yeah. and the idea that the king is gone. 
And that just, I mean, that hits you in the feels. And it, and it showed me why I think Black Panther in this is some of the best that Marvel has to offer because it's not, it's like y'all do the formula thing, make them laugh, do what you want to do. We're over here telling stories yeah, that have let's, a so- let's, we, we ain't seen the movie. You've seen two minutes of a movie trailer. And so, yeah. and you already know by the end of it, he's, the mantle is passed on. We don't know when that happens in the sequence of things. And most trailers, for the record, most trailers really kind of only show you the beginning stuff of a film that was shot. They pretty much make the trailer or the bulk of the trailer off of the first 20 minutes of the movie. So who knows what we're actually watching. Listen, negative Nancy. I am. Yeah, maybe <laughs> negative, maybe realistic, but I can You're not because the first one was dope and it's the same team. And Marvel, I feel like they don't want a what if Miles Morales store. Like they know to keep their hands off. Some things you just kind of gotta let Ryan Coogler do. And then we're getting Namor, and we're getting the Wakandans versus that. We're getting the Wakanda versus Atlantis. Mm -hmm. This is operating on a whole nother level here. And Black Panther one worked because it was a standalone movie. It wasn't setting up anything in the phase, and it was like fine. These kind of movies, you can make it standalone. Well, most of their stuff been standalone, and they it just ain't been performing very well. Listen, I don't, listen you're right. I, I wait, don't want to be wait. negative. Spider Man No Way Home was a standalone movie, worked really well. Yes, Black so Panther was a standalone movie. Eternals worked really well. Iron Man One was a standalone movie, worked really well. Was Guardians it? of the Guardians of the Galaxy was a standalone movie, worked really well. Yeah, they just threw something in the tag to elude something yeah. else, but the movie didn't set up other phases. Well, then you could say that about almost most of them. The ones most of that, them are standalone with tags. The ones that feel like they're setting up the rest are the movies that feel the thinnest. Mm -hmm. The ones that stand on their own, with the exception of the Eternals, <laughs> feel mm -hmm. like they 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 have some meat on the bone. Listen, Rich, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Come on, man. Let's go, baby. That's the news. Very long news item. Jack Philip is Wakanda forever symbol, as he should. Very long news item, but it's freaking Comic-Con, man. We could have spent the whole episode on this, but we're not. Let's get to the reason why we're here. It's, it's time, time for the, for the main, main event. event. <laughs> In freaking deed, we have Jordan Peele's note. Nope. Guys, let's start off with the spoiler-free review, right? And then we'll mm -hmm. get to the meat on the bone. Let me um go on my trusty IMDB right here uh, and read uh -huh. you a spoiler-free synopsis, and then we'll tell you how we feel about it. The residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. It doesn't get more thin than that. Nope. Um, I thought it was entertaining. I really enjoyed the performances, especially Kiki Palmer. I felt like, yo, I know where you're from. I know what you've been through. I know how you feel about your life. I feel like I knew her. Um, and yeah, I just feel like Jordan Peele, there's such an expectation when you go into his films now. It's almost not even fair. It's like you can't just watch his movie without going in thinking you're going to get a thesis in something. Like you can't just go in and watch it. Um, but when I, after a couple of days of removing that, I was like, okay, this is an entertaining flick. It's an entertaining flick. That's where I'm at. Rich, you I'll just saw Jack it today. Go first. Yeah, I oh. did. I'll let Jack go first. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. Yeah. Well, you kind of hit it pretty well. It's hard to walk into a Jordan Peele movie with the kind of hype that's behind this guy after Get Out and not have a certain, I'm not even going to say expectation, hope. 
because the content that the guy's putting out there is so important to the industry, in my opinion. And what Get Out did is it it just validated that irrefutably. And uh, Us, for me, fell a little short, and it, it came down to storytelling. And uh, I had a similar experience with Nope, where there are elements of the film that I absolutely love. Um, the importance of the film, I will die on the cross for um but at the end of the day i was uh, ultimately a little unsatisfied with it mm. but it was probably because get out was so damn good that years later that's what i'm talking about you know he, it, he's really the the m night Shyamala of storytelling right now where this guy stepped up to play and hit a home run first time at bat and everyone's looking at him wondering you gonna you gonna smash one out of the park again so it's a little unfair i enjoyed the movie but i was ultimately cool okay mm. rich um listen i'm gonna be honest with you this movie should have just been like an hour and a half maximum because there was just a lot of stuff in this movie. I was like, why? Why is it there? Why Why am I looking at the... Why do I care about this part? Like, I wanted to see just the main... What what, what, what they were showing in the, in the trailers. Like, you know, what was happening with this black family? The... Um, I forgot the name of the family were pretty much the descendants of the um, the first uh, motion picture, which is the, 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 the black jockey, you know, yeah, in the yeah, round carousel fingers, flicker. yeah. yeah. You know that whole story. I, I I was more intrigued in that and what was going on there. I didn't need yeah. the rest of it. I, wait, are we are we at the section where we're breaking it down? Not really, but we can. Oh, almost. okay. All right. Uh, that yeah. was our spoiler-free review. Now we're gonna get into spoilers. Yeah, my bad. No, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I I I didn't need like most of it, and I was just like, ah. It was just a lot. It was a lot to sit down and watch. And I'm just like, man, like, why do I care about, you know, why do I care about this dude who, you know, watched his, 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 uh, sitcom family get beat to death, which was brutal. Let me just say yeah, that. Dude. Watch his sitcom family get beat to death by a chimpanzee. What does that have to do with the, the horse family right now? What is, what does that have to do with them? It well, doesn't. And it well, needed to. I mean, well, that, it, and that does, the movie was, yeah, it but it didn't. It didn't actually it like those scenes when you when you're watching a film and it's got a series, not one, not two, but a series of flashbacks that are supposed to somehow push the story forward. Yes, and these flashbacks didn't push the story forward, and it, they didn't really add. Did. Or they didn't. Okay. Add, how? I'll tell yeah. you, how did how did it push the story forward? This is how we're talking about in the beginning of this movie. We're on a TV set and we're pretty much in the eighties. And you see this they're shooting a TV show with a chimpanzee. A balloon pops on set. Chimp goes crazy, murders pretty much everyone. Yeah. And throughout this film, we keep flashbacking to this point, and we see the chimpanzee doesn't kill the lead kid who grows up to be the guy that runs the ranch or whatever. This yeah. is why and I'm I'm not saying that we get the point though. The point is you can't domesticate a wild animal. But how does it push that. the story forward? It shows it pushes the, the 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 human part of the story forward of how we deal with trauma and how we use it to capitalize in in capitalism. So the kid who and it also talks about like the crew. That's why you know the the stagehands of the crew, the the below the line people if you're in the business. And usually it's like those guys are more in tune and understand what's going on, where the actors and the directors and producers 
kind of have their heads in the clouds. And this kid was an actor on set, and that chimpanzee killed everybody, but that chimp saw him and wanted to give him a pound because that's what he was trained to do. This kid thought he was special. That's why he smiles. Therefore, he gets older, doesn't learn his lesson, and thinks he can tame this alien. He thinks he can, showing us human nature. But then the crew, the stagehands, the horse wranglers were taught to respect these animals, taught to respect nature, taught to respect human beings. Therefore, at the end of the day, they were the people that were able to wrangle the the big animal. I'm not saying that it's 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 super clear, but I'm saying it is there for a reason. Rich has it's thematically it's thematically there for a reason. It's not it there in a way that's uh, digestible, though. Listen, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't know that that is right. actually in the film in a way that helps push the, those elements of the film forward, where we actually get those distinctions. If it's so subtle that right. it's almost non-existent at all, then it's actually not serving your story in a way that helps clarify your story, push your for story forward. I, and yeah. I am, listen, I'm not an audience member who needs it spoon-fed. I just need it there. It's, it's, we were talking about this, Jack, about Get Out and how Get Out, there was a million ways why Get Out should not have worked. It should have felt too on the nose. It should have felt too airy-fairy supernaturally or too science. Like it, 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 it told the line perfectly. And mm. if it went, went a little to the right or left, it would have fell apart. Yeah. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to make the Thriller album again, where all the things just kind of fired off in here. Like the dude who runs the ranch, on the back of his blazer, you see an image of the alien. And yeah. that was the director telling us he knows about him. But if you miss that, which you could have because you sneezed or you went to eat popcorn, you're sitting there with questions you shouldn't have at that point, And you miss the impact. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that in his own way, it is there, but may, but it may not be digestible enough. It may not be. It's a Friday night. I'm going to the movies. I had a long day at work. Am I supposed to go in with a magnifying glass? Right. No. And, 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 but, but Christopher Nolan, Inception, in the first 10 minutes, he teaches you how to watch his film. Like You know that you, you, you're taught in the beginning. This is the kind of film it is. I need you to look here and here and ask questions. We didn't get the notion that we needed to do but that. But there was an odd blend of that in this movie also. Within the mm -hmm. first, very soon into the film, it wasn't. there was no payoff or surprise to me when the flying saucer was actually a creature because they had already given that to you within the first 20 or 30 minutes of the two-hour movie. Yeah. They gave See, I missed that part. I missed that. But the so twist when, still wasn't twisty enough. It wasn't I guess. Enough. And that's what I'm saying. It was like there, there was this odd blend of poor information being given and then like it's so so clear that it was mm -hmm. like where's my payoff in moments and like uh i think it was when they were in fries which that was one of the most exciting moments for me because i shop in that fries before it closed down that fries <laughs> closed down due to the pandemic like so many other stores out there and so it's boarded up and closed off and i was thinking about that when i was watching those scenes i was like i wonder if they shot they must have shot that after it closed down because yeah this whole this whole film is a pandemic film. That's why they were pretty much in one location, the ranch. That's why the doctor's office. You didn't see a bunch of extras. Like this was a pandemic movie, <laughs> and he yeah. had to he had to make. That's what I give to Jordan Peele. He had to make a small movie feel big because he shot this at the and, highest level of COVID. And it did. Uh, I mean, it felt felt like we're watching an epic. I'll give him that. Like, yeah, he definitely made it seem big, bigger than you know 
it was when he actually filmed it. But still, I'm just like, no, like, no. I, I, for me, I, guys, I, I was, I'm with the first half of it for sure. Like everything okay. that happened before the ship bled all over the house. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I don't know what this is. I don't know where we are. I'm digging the uh, the brother sister relationship. The fries yeah. guy is fun and dope. And Jordan Peele to me is brilliant in a way that other directors just don't operate like him, where he can throw suspense, social commentary, and humor all in the same scene, and yep. they don't bump up against each other. Like he's he's a master at that. So I'm digging it. For me, it was just when let's get a picture of this thing and the action adventure part started. That's, that's where I started. But that's the part that made the least sense too. And, and by the end of the film, so the whole film turns into the brother and sister just wanting to make some money by capturing this phenomenon so they can show it to Oprah and be recognized and get money and, and fame for their ranch and stuff, right? Yeah. But then by the end of the thing, the big payoff is she takes this bootleg shot with the camera in a well that, honest to God, my iPad's sitting right there, and I can make the same photo in about an hour. So I'm like, but that was the validation of the movie. But wasn't like, that, that was my issue with Glass. That was my issue at the end of Glass. When like we finally got superheroes on camera, I'm like, I can do that with Adobe After Effects. How right. Does this prove so it's anything? like, yeah. what were we watching and why? Like I the think... movie needed to be something, in my opinion, and that's the only thing I can give you, my opinion, the movie needed to have some sort of relevancy other than we got to capture a photo or a video of this thing. Like it, but I it think... had to be, it had to go back to this wild animal thing. But I think right? that, I think what's here, it might be too subtle. It is too subtle because we're not dumb. But I think the thought is everybody here is chasing limelight and fame. You know, the, 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 the first scene that uh, Kiki Palmer's character comes in, she pretty much lists her resume as a stunt woman. I can do that. I act. I write. I can write. Like, everybody here, and it's Hollywood, is trying to sell themselves. The dude at the ranch, I'm trying to, like, and even this picture. Literally, people died so you can get famous. And I think that's that's the social commentary of our generation in this film is you're willing to try to tame a wide, pretty much Jaws. You're trying to tame Jaws so you can get on Oprah's book club. I think that I mean, and I'm not saying it, it, it was it was done the way we wanted it, but I think that's the social commentary. And it is why you have a picture that anybody can Photoshop. Was was it worth it? A cinematographer died to get the best shot possible. Is this worth it? But, he, but the but the shot he took was destroyed in capturing yeah, it. What was the that point? Was just like there was no it was point. Just in stupid. That part. That's a trope oh. that's obnoxious to watch over and over again. Yeah. This man satisfies himself for no it did, reason. It did spit a can out, though. The can of film. I don't know. So, look. I'm not saying all these things worked. I'm just saying I, I see why they were there. I'm not you know saying... What's, I, I gotta be honest. Listening to you say some of the stuff you've said, I'm sitting here going, yes, that was in the film. And yes, I see that extrapolation is in there or the subtextual truth was totally there or yes, that's evident. But man, it wasn't there when you're watching. It wasn't there it, for me when I was it didn't watching impact, the film. It didn't have impact. It didn't impact you the way it was supposed to. It, it's, that's kind of how I felt but about I wouldn't us. Refute, yeah, but I wouldn't it refute was, that it's in there. Right. But it's like with us, I experienced, I had more fun talking about it than I had sitting in there watching it. A hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Because, and I mean, ahead, I, I get everything you're saying. Like now, now that you said that, uh, sit back and and 
bring it all out and be like, yeah, it was this was the meaning of this and that. I'm like, all right, yeah, I can see that. But man, I'm not that guy. I don't break down and analyze shit. I look at a movie, I'm seeing, <laughs> and I'm looking at this movie in particular. I'm like, yo, I have more questions now. Like, why was this wild alien creature, beast, whatever? Why did it decide to want to just? This valley was the valley was going to be like his hunting grounds or whatever. Like for what reason? Like was because, it was it there? Well, they they answered that question. They said because the guy started feeding horses. But why? And so for six, yeah. it wasn't there six months earlier. It's been there well, for the last six months. But like who where? knows? Floating yeah. around. But and then what was with the cloud thing? It had cloud camouflage twenty four seven. But then it it also didn't have cloud camouflage, or that was a nest made out of clouds or what the hell was the cloud thing about and that's the whole thing it would have made more sense to me like if it came in and like say at the end of it it killed off you know the they killed off like the the alpha right the 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 male that was just like protecting its hunting grounds to feed its family then you got a female version out there you got like little whatever or even if it's just like an asexual being it has his like little babies out there still mm-hmm. in the world and they're they're now going to be problems for you i can understand why i was know like defending or like fighting over this this stretch of canyon for a bunch of horses and maybe some hikers but i'm just like why bro like but but what was this this thing about not looking at the center of its belly which was its eye but it's its mouth and if you look at it it eats you but if you don't look at it it doesn't eat you like some predators you look at them you look them in their eyes and you know they'll take it as a challenge like you know, sometimes you, like dogs, like you really shouldn't be looking dogs like dead in their eyes because they'll they'll take it as intimidation and they'll defend themselves. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's true with uh, gorillas. You don't yeah. make eye contact with uh with with a gorilla, man. Um, you look just off. You and face think, it so it knows not to. And I think they needed something for OJ to. I understand animals and I respect them. Therefore, I can pick up on this thing that nobody else. Would even right. be sensitive. It was. It was tro. It was yeah. that thing. It, it was, was that there. Thing. It was there. But that it was, was why like... it was there. Also, we need a reason why he doesn't just get gobbled up. Um, right. I and think... how do you outrun a thing that's that fast? And right. yet you did outrun the thing. Because you didn't look at it. I guess it's 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 a. When I watched the trailer, I was expecting something really creepy, something to make my skin. I was expecting a horror film because oh. honestly. When black people say nope, it's horror. It's like we ain't yeah. doing that. Nope. Why did you? Why did you say split up? Why did you say he'll go check it out? <laughs> why are you? Why are you doing half the thing? Like black folk look at horror films like, why are y'all doing half of this stuff? <laughs> well, Jordan Peele went on in an interview said that's why he called it nope. 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 But nope, this nope. wasn't a horror film. We say nope, nope to like you're rich. You want to say Candyman in the mirror? Nope, nope. <laughs> Look what these. But, yeah, but those, but those nope. were the best parts of the movie, man. Like yeah. Daniel when he opens the door and that and the alien spaceship monster creature is literally just above him, and he closes the door, and it's so subtle, man. His acting is so subtle, and he just says, "Nope." nope, nope. Or even like, when they were getting um the 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 fish sandwiches, and he wanted to talk about what they just saw, and it's just like we want to talk about that right now. I yeah. want to talk about that right now. <laughs> like that's real. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or when there, when, when uh, he was in the stables with the horses and the kids were dressed up as aliens and he's backing up. That That was wow. 
that was, was like freaking great. Honestly, had the movie been more like that That's the, the whole way through, if that was like the point of no return for the movie. And the problem was that moment was so good that I wanted to just watch an alien movie at that point and then they kind of threw that all away and spent the next half hour finding the movie that they did want to tell. But by that point, I was like, well, I already saw the good stuff. That was the good stuff. I mean... Capitalizing on your protagonist doing the smart thing is a thing that most horror movies don't do. And if Nope had played that trope out, where their protagonist was in all these situations where you're like, this is when they would have got out of the car and run. For the house but he didn't he looked up he goes nope, nope. well <laughs> I, I guess it. i get i guess when you have the movie called nope you forfeit your reason for existing when you have these black people let's get a picture of this thing nope. no nope. <laughs> nope. no nope. no we don't know yeah <laughs> and and now you and now you create the conflict where you still got to figure the film out right well like, now why are they still have... here you if you keep putting these people in a situation where they where self-preservation that's what to me nope means self self-preservation that'd be a silly thing to do so let's opt out of that nope yeah if the movie was that and black you just people, keep raising the stakes black people in general are are a superstitious lot there's just mm-hmm. certain things we just don't you can be freaking agnostic you could be an atheist as a black person you go into a church this is something you're just not gonna say <laughs> you may not even believe in it but you're like no I will not. All right, you're going to be a straight-up atheist going to a church and, like, if someone starts cursing, like, oh, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 you don't do No, that. no, 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 no. But you don't believe in it. But, yeah, for some reason, no, no, you, no, should, you shouldn't no, do that. No, Either no, you shouldn't do it. Like, okay. Mm. And, and what about the creature morphing into some sort of balloon Bro, thing at the, the end of it? And why? I, I actually thought I fell asleep and, and missed it. <laughs> You wait, I'm sorry. You fell asleep during the film? No, no, I thought I fell asleep because I didn't you understand why you it changed. So I was like, yes. I must have missed. No, nah, you didn't. Well, listen, <laughs> I did not fall asleep. I was coherently there 100% of the time and sat there watching this thing transform into a balloon, going, It to looks really cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. But why? And yeah. what? And I'm so. Confused. I guess the flying saucer was like its hard shell or something, right? That was the sure. shell. I don't know. Why not? I I t- okay, can I tell you what I love though? Which okay. I thought was yes. brilliant. Yeah. Is that when it ate the people, you kind of still hear their screams as it's flying around because it takes a while to digest yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. Giant was echo that. chamber. Yeah. That was because like he's that eating them whole, and some people. But I was just confused. Aren't. But it also, the movie set up things that it stuck to and then didn't stick to. Like, if when the creature defecated, it basically released everything it couldn't digest, which is right. why the dad was killed in the beginning of the film. He got hit by a dime or a nickel or something, right? He's hit by a nickel. Right. And which probably has some a, hidden meaning I got to look up. I'm sure Well, he, from such a high altitude, the father must have been looking up when the key hit the I'm horse. I'm saying, like, so the up. way the president is facing on the coin and the year on the coin. Like, Jordan, like, uh, it might have that level of, like... Sure. My point <laughs> is this, though. When the creature defecated later in the film, it released blood and i thought that was on purpose i didn't i didn't think that it was releasing things that couldn't digest i think it went over that house 
and like I think we talked about like marked his but, territory. But, but right. yeah, what's yeah, the uh, but where's the logic in the thing? If you're releasing the stuff, you're releasing stuff, whether it's liquid or solids, let's say, right? And so I just how is there not some version of rain essentially or piss? You know, rain, rain when the other stuff was falling. Because maybe this wasn't pissed. Maybe this was like him spitting on it. Like, I'm spitting on this house. I don't always have to do this. This is not me releasing anything. I'm just going to spit here. Because I know you're here. Asserting its dominance to things. I mean, that it definitely felt it like it was asserting its dominance. It. I'm just wondering where the logic where the logic lies in the film because you set up rules right film sets up rules and an audience is conditioned to agree to the rules that the film sets up right so when the creature releases stuff it releases stuff or it doesn't release stuff or i look at it differently because when it rained blood it never did that before so i didn't look at it as this is him defecating this is him doing something deliberate which is why it doesn't look like cans and things it can't digest Maybe and I just thought it looked dope. All that nice stuff to me looked freaking dope. But the whole metaphor of that the monster, you know, being angry and and claiming its territory and and warning the people was great. And at that point, we knew what the thing was. Um, But looking back at the film, you're like, where did all those things come that he was dropping in the first place? Someone's keys and change and all this other stuff that was in the house. He's been eating people. Well, we know he's been eating horses. But people, because, right, then keys and all that stuff came from somewhere. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not sure I could be making this up just, just to try to make just try to make the movie make sense. But did he's probably, it, it was probably eating, like, people along the way, like hikers and whatnot along the way. Before he probably, he got... pro- for his own survival, it probably goes from small towns to small ranch towns. Like, not right. making himself aware to big cities, but he probably just runs through these little places. Probably, um, and if they, if they would have expound on that a little bit more, like just like news reports of, and it might have been there. I could have just missed it because I was just like, "What what the hell's going on?" <laughs> but you know, if they would have just had like just in the background playing while people were talking, news report of like you know people missing here, you no know, hikers missing over here, whatever the case may be, then I'd be like, "All right, well, that's probably that's probably the creature." Yeah, I mean, look, this movie is not without its question marks. I think I think I just appreciate a director going for it, you know? Yeah, i tell you what I it. didn't appreciate directorial. I know that Daniel is a phenomenal actor, not personally, but I've seen his body of work. And the guy has range and emotional depth. And I feel like he made a choice to make the character phlegmatic, so his emotions are all kind of recessed and deep and they're in there he's not not having emotions he's not not feeling things but those waters run deep and i feel like he was probably pigeon held into that the whole film you know and daniel has gone on record in interviews he's an actor who very specifically gives all of that process over to a director if a director Mm. says something he's got no ego so he does what he's told to do on set you know, he makes his choices. Obviously, he's a great actor, but when he's redirected, that's what he does without fail, without question. There's not, no blowback. He's known for that. And so I feel like Peel really kind of pigeonholed the guy's performance into a place where even when the movie arguably needed him to be a little more responsive, he wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. For me, it's tough analyzing that in, in a genre thing because it's like the tone 
is super realistic or uh, it's not natural or supposed to be. And here's a guy whose father was his God, who never lived up to him, who died, and a part of him checked out. And as checked out as he was, his sister is super aggressive. Mm. So I feel like that's, that, why, that's, that's the, you know. Yeah, I, and that was really clear. And that's why his performance was so great in this. But when the movie was climaxing, there I felt I felt it would have served the picture to give him a moment where he's able to break out of that shell a little bit. You know? And you kind of almost had it. You almost had it when he was running away from the creature on the horse and he let the parachute balloon come out and he slides into the thing and... There's a look on his face where you're like, okay, we're in it. Now let's let's snowball that thing and get to the exciting part of this. They gave those moments to Kiki. She and she's had great. Those moments. She's, I mean, she's great. But like on the motorcycle when she thought he was dead, like she had those moments of more obvious vulnerability, more, you know, it's coming out as opposed to like, but her character, it always yeah, came but, out. But who was the film about? I don't know. And that's a problem with the film, right? <laughs> I would say it's about I, it's about her secretly. It's secretly about her. But it's kind of about him. I mean, we established the film is literally established on him and his father's dynamic and what he loses right at the top. And yes, she her. loses it too. Uh-huh. But it ends on her, sort of, kind of. Yeah, sort of, kind of. So who is this film? What is this film about? Who's the film about? And And answering who the film's about is really important because that's the person who typically we want to see change by the end of the film. And so if you're identifying, you, proverbial you, a person is identifying with Daniel's arc, then Daniel needs to go through a transformation by the end of the film that we can identify with because we're rooting for him the whole time. If he's closed off, then we need to see him open. If Kiki is the person who we're following, then we need to see her transformation by the end, arguably, by the end of the film. Something needs to happen where we feel... I think think their transformation was done in action. Like, he was second to his dad, and then you see him struggle on the movie set. Like, he can't control the situation. And by the end, he winds up wrangling something his dad could have never even imagined. And you got Kiki... Except for he doesn't actually. He doesn't wrangle the creature in a way where he's got control or dominance over the situation. He wrangles the creature just enough for him to get away from it. But just he saves the sister her to get away from it. And which, he dies. Which, he, I believe he, he dies. Of, no, he. I wouldn't Ooh. say he saves his sister either because he just gives the sister an opportunity to get away on the bike. But the creature goes after the sister. If the sister wasn't so resourceful with the balloon, all he all he ultimately did was served his sister up on a plate. So then, with his sister, the one who wasn't allowed to break in, um, Jean Jacket, the one who was mm-hmm. told to stay in the house. She ends up being the one who takes, who wrangles and takes down the animal. Takes down the animal, doesn't wrangle the animal. Yeah, it doesn't wrangle. She doesn't assert dominance over the animal. She just right. gives the animal a bigger, juicier target for a moment. Well, I, well but I think some of this stuff is going to have to be metaphor because they're not going to tie no, a rope but, around but, this animal's but, neck. But, that's, but, but you've a, actually you know. nailed the issue with the film. The answers are there, but they weren't actually, they didn't actually play out in a way where the resolution for these characters actually rose. So we just lost Jack, but that's okay because I, I I think, I mean, was everything there that was supposed to be there? Probably. Was it digestible enough to give you the experience you wanted to have in the movie? I think that's where 
the audience gets split. Right. Um, Jack, I just jumped in for you. I basically saying, you know, was everything there that was supposed to be there? Probably. Was it digestible enough for you to have the experience you wanted to have? That's where I think the audiences are definitely split on this film. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, nope. I think if you're a Jordan Peele fan and you're kind of looking at him as your Stanley Kubrick, if you're kind of looking at him as your Alfred Hitchcock, where you go into his body of work and you treat it like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Then you're going to have a good time in all of his films. If you're just trying to go in and see a dope movie, just, I don't need all of that. Just, just give me Get Out. You may, you may be disappointed. (laughs) You may be disappointed. Yep. But Get Out is a tall order, man. It is. I think I like an order. Yeah. I think I like the idea of this film way more than I ended up liking the film. And if I'm being real honest, I I think Jordan Peele is a visionary. I think what he's doing cinematically and what he's attempting to do story-wise, man, I I got nothing to say about the guy other than thank you and please keep doing it. And Mm -hmm. I will support your films for the next 10 years, even if I'm ultimately a little unsatisfied. Um, my concern is because Jordan Peele hit such a home run his first time at bat, I wonder if he's getting a little bit of that star treatment where like Benedict Cumberbatch was literally in a documentary talking about penguins and he called them penguins, penguins, and some something else that made no sense. But because it was Benedict Cumberbatch and he's so high up the food chain, people were afraid to, to say, hey man it's called penguins or they thought they were wrong and maybe he was saying it right three different wow. ways and so I, I fear that. that i feel <laughs> that i i fear that jordan peele may be in a position where and i don't know this i'm just extrapolating it that maybe people aren't giving him constructive criticism even though he might be really open and willing to it uh hear it that might actually round some of his pieces out um you know, if, if people only sing you praise, then that's all you get is praise. And his film, his story literally could have used a little bit of constructive criticism to round that, it out, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's a strong that's a strong assumption. Who knows? That might be true. I think that he's the kind of filmmaker that you kind of have to let him be an artist. Like, you, to, like if you want to get, get out again, you have to kind of let him make what he wants to make. He can't be put. It's like he has to do sketch comedy. He has to come up with Keanu. He has to do all these things. And then through all those experiences, you get Get Out. You kind of got to have to let him, kind of have to let Spielberg blow a whole studio's budget doing Jaws so we can get to E.T. <laughs> like, you know? Jaws, Jaws was a big success when it came out. Yeah, um, but. And people are still going back to that film. Jaws was a I, big success when it came out, but it was a it, it, it was a crap storm, and nobody should have let him do what he did. But they let him, and it turned out well. But no, no one gets that the keys to the kingdom, and you spent all the money, and you're over budget. You no, know, so you kind of have to let the guy be a mad scientist a little bit. Well, I'll, I'll quote Harold Clerman. Harold Clerman, who founded the Group Theater back in the 1930s, the first American theater company, said, "You need some flops." In order to get to the good ones, you need some f- failures out there so you can appreciate the good ones. And I'll give you that. Sometimes we need some stuff that falls a little short. So when something like Get Out comes along, we identify it instantly. And let's keep it real us in this film is not a flop. And no. 
an artist has to flex. Like that's, you know, and for him, maybe this movie wasn't about social commentary. Maybe this movie for him was stepping up his 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 cinematographer eye. Maybe it's like, let me get let me let me see what it's like to to make this a visual masterpiece. Get out. Let me see what it's about making a social um masterpiece. Us let me see how far I can stretch. Like maybe, maybe these are all just pieces of the puzzle that will end in like this freaking movie that's going to come out in fifteen years. It's going to be like, holy crap! I see well, why you did this. It could be the the peel verse, dude. Where are no? There already is a peel verse. I think all these movies is probably connected. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't well. be surprised. Um, but that's our take on on Nope. I think it's it's a movie that whether you love it or not, it's doing what I think Jordan ultimately wants, which is you can sit down and have a long talk <laughs> about yeah. it, and that's yeah. that's what it's doing. Um, for me, I, I I'd give it a I give it a strong. <sighs> I want to work with Jordan Peele one day. I'm not gonna rate this. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, but I'll be real. I, I give it a strong seven. I give it a strong seven because um, I think what he does really well is he builds relationships and characters. So even if the alien never came, I'd be interested in this brother-sister relationship working in the movie business after their father died. Or I guess their father's not dead. Like, I, I would, every movie, even us, I would just get down with the drama around these people I see before it hits the fan. Okay. Which ultimately would have probably been a better film. Yeah, I will give it. You said a seven. I, I will give it. Uh, I'll say a six. A five point five to a six. Got to choose, wow. Rich. That's 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 harsh, Rich. That's that's really harsh. I mean, listen, it was a long movie, and it was a, I appreciate. I appreciate because I appreciate some gratuitous. Don't feel violence, judged by right? Jack, Rich. I really appreciate gratuitous <laughs> violence and the whole monkey, the chimpanzee, excuse me, just bashing in heads was my thing. No, I can do a whole same... movie with Gordy, man. Like, <laughs> give me that. It was, it was the problem with that being some of the most interesting stuff, but actually not serving the overall movie was a right. major problem. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't need it for this movie, but um, I mean. It, it was just too long of a movie. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm gonna give it a six. I'm just, I'm just gonna give it a straight six. Yeah, average, right? Yeah. No, that's a, that's above. No, average. it's just slightly above average. Slightly that's above, above average. average. That's fine. Like I was yeah. so confused by the because the movie actually starts with the Gordy flashback, yeah. and I and I sat there going, I'm in the right movie, right? Because I knew what the movie I was gonna watch was about, and I, that opening scene, I was like, is this like an extended thing for the monkey paw? Yeah. Production? Oh, yeah. Like, am, am I watching a monkey yeah. paw thing and like it's just the the movie? Nope, is starting with a small little teaser thing. Can you imagine paw? if that's like his opening moniker? Is just a chimpanzee beating the? <laughs> that's what I thought I was watching. <laughs> that we. I was, I was like I so that. confused. Including I was like, what child, am I watching? Rich, including a child. <laughs> it was great. I mean, it was great. The monkey stuff was some of my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wish it had actually paid dividends towards the story. And it and it ultimately it really fell short for me in that regard. I would give the movie. I thought the acting values were phenomenal. I mean, people just killing it. I thought yeah. the cinematography was top notch. It just was such a beautiful film to watch. And I thought what the film was striving to do was mm-hmm. it's why I will support his content for the next ten years without question. 
but ultimately the story was kind of what I thought fell short. I guess I would give the movie a like a six point five seven. I feel like a seven. Gotta choose. I know, I know, I I hear you, I hear you. I want to give it. I guess I'll give it a seven. I would give it a seven. Like I still enjoyed it. I would probably go back and watch it again. And I would not go back and watch a lot of movies again. And I would go back and watch it again because I would give uh, Jordan the benefit of my doubt that perhaps I missed something. Although, Mm -hmm. without being conceited, I am a pretty good uh, audience member. Like, I really sit there and I pay attention. (laughs) I don't blink, man. I don't blink. And so I feel like I probably didn't honestly miss too much. But I would I would give it a second watch. Um, and I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it. I give it a seven, I guess. So we'll, we'll find out what Chris thinks. And then, you know, it might be a seven, which isn't bad, man. I think as an artist, a true artist, you should always be getting sevens. Because your stuff should always be riding the line of what the hell are you doing? And it's a masterpiece. Oh. And, 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 and that's why it's, it's I mean, not honestly, formulaic it's wanted... not marvel you know it's it's what are you doing or is this brilliant yeah and on that regard i'd want to give him a higher like i would want to give him a higher score the movie not him i want to give the film it's not i'm not talking about peel i'm talking about the film i'd want to give the yeah. film a higher score because i feel like it's striving to do something that most films really play it safe it, the film didn't play it safe maybe it fell mm-hmm. short in some areas but at least it didn't play it safe and I guess, and I would I give it a lower him, score because of the story. And I guess Jordan Peele, much like you know, uh, freaking Scorsese, much like Alfred Hitchcock, it's almost like you have to almost judge the body of work at the end to to, to pick out a movie isn't doing a, a service to Scorsese. You have to kind of like look at the whole body, Goodfellas, all the way to the Irish. Was the Irish? What is it? Um, well, Irish such movie? a good. He's got such a good blend of genres what peel right. does you know he's he has really managed to mash up a lot of different elements in his films and consistent consistently you know and pretty seamless um, in tone um so we'll yeah. see we'll see but uh i think that's what we have for nope um i have some recommendations recommendations no. <laughs> It's saltier and saltier. Um, so I think that what Jordan Peele does really well is he he establishes a whole world before it hits the fan. And we wind up loving these characters or enjoying them. The interracial couple in Get Out, like he's going to go see your parents. That alone was like, what's this going to be about? Mm. So I think there's some horror films that do a really great job at building characters that even if the monsters don't come, is pretty good. First up is The Descent. Yeah. The Descent yeah. is amazing. And them girls and their issues, and then they go spelunking. Just them getting out the cave before the monsters came, I was like, whoa. (laughs) And I thought that was just great. Um, Another thing I would say is like, you know, Stranger Things. These kids and this dynamic of being nerds and playing Dungeons and Dragons and this older sister. I mean, we've we've seen these tropes before, but they really work. That kind of stand by me um, of it all is just a great Wonder Years drama. And you drop an 11 in monsters and you're like, holy crap, <laughs> you know? And uh, the next is The Walking Dead, man. This this guy in this small town who's a cop, whose wife is, you know, who knows what's going on there and Shane and, you know, just I can watch them two be cops with their dynamic before zombies ever come. And it'd probably be a dope small town show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? 
And when you have that kind of base and then you drop a monster in, it's going to freaking work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are my recommendations. I hope you guys really enjoyed the show. Uh, we are dropping content all over the place, man. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on TikTok. <laughs> Trying to make it happen. Trying to keep <laughs> up with these youngs. Listen, man. We trying. But I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can make sure you download. Make sure you like. And you know what? Go to our YouTube channel. Three Brothers in a Shot of Milk. And make sure you subscribe there. You can watch our interviews without all the other stuff if you don't want it. You can watch our clips. We got toy reviews. We got comic book reviews. We got Funko Pop reviews. We got video. We're doing everything we can. So just, you know, show some love and enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back. Same bad time. Same bad channel. <laughs>